Hello, and welcome to Faculty Feed with me, Dr. Jerry Ravelais, Associate Vice President of Professional and Educational Development at the University of Louisville's Health Sciences Center. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Stacy Sainer, Director of HSC Professional and Educational Development, and Dr. Laura Weingartner, Director of Research for Health Professions Education. Once a week, we'll come together and use this podcast to bring professional and educational development content to feed your hunger and satisfy your appetite so you can magnify your impact as an educator, clinician, researcher, and academic leader. Welcome, everyone, to Faculty Feed. Uh, In this episode, we have with us Dr. James Harrison from the UofL School of Dentistry. And and James has a a deep interest and a a national visibility in developing micro-credentialing badges for faculty, specifically related to the American Dental Education Association, or ADEA. But he's here with us in the studio to talk about that program, how it developed, what's his role, and why micro-credentials are important to us. James, welcome to Faculty Feed. Terry, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Oh, man, we're, we're excited to hear about this. So first, tell us a bit about your role at the School of Dentistry, your titles, and how did you get interested in this whole micro-credentialing thing? Yeah, so I'm an associate professor in the Department of Comprehensive Dentistry um, at the School of Dentistry, and I've been working at the university now for the past eight years. Um, I was in private practice before that and uh, wanted to to have some more experiences in life. And so it's been great to be a part of the university and to have the diversity of things that I can do that I wasn't able to do just being in private practice. And so um, at the University of Louisville, at the dental school, I serve as a group leader or team leader. So I work with uh, 40 students that are D3, D4 students in the clinic, and I manage them with their patient care and their patients with another team leader as well in that capacity. I'm also over the practice management curriculum. Uh, so that's the business courses that we teach the dental students before they graduate. And so we have uh, two courses that we teach um, them in their junior year and their senior year. And then I also have an elective course on student teaching that I organize and facilitate as well to allow students that are in their D4 year or their last year of school to go back into the preclinical courses and be able to help the students out as student teachers. As I understand, many of your colleagues in the School of Dentistry came from private practice. That must require a really reshifting of your mindset of how you get interested in this. So it sounds like you've had an education interest for some time. And is that part of what drew you back in? Yeah. So, I mean, I think if we go back to when I was in dental school, we had a dean, uh, Dr. John Williams, who really supported the students in, in getting involved with ADEA. And so I, as a, a student, was involved with uh, idea and got even involved in some of the leadership positions to the council of students at the time and served on their board and so that was my first introduction into education was going to those meetings as a dental student wow wow so that's great so so your linkage to idea can you tell us more about what that looks like now yeah so um, since I came back into education, I knew I wanted to get involved with the day again because I had such a good experience as a student. And so I started attending their national meetings and uh, found out that um, there was a section on practice management. So other people that teach practice managements at the dental schools across the U.S. can come together and share ideas and the ways that they are teaching and helping students to learn, um, learn the material. And so that's where I started. And there was an administrative board that 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 section had. And so I volunteered to be the secretary 
and then became the chair-elect and then served as the chair of that uh, section on practice management. After I completed that uh, service, I was just looking at other opportunities to serve within the organization. And all of these sections, which we have about 44 sections, um, um, are a part of a council and that council has an administrative board and so i ran for the position of member at large and uh and got that position and then am now currently serving as the chair elect in that administrative board wow so you really have a very deep engagement with idea at a national level involved in dental education and how you make it better so let's let's pivot then to micro-credentialing. Tell us about that, your interest in it, and, and how this relates to the these badges that you and I talked about last week. Yeah, so with micro-credentialing, you know, this started in IDEA probably a, a year or two before I was involved with the administrative board. So they were talking to the Council of Deans and the Council of Faculties and trying to find out a way that we could recognize our faculty members for the work that they're doing. And so this concept of micro-credentialing came about. It was, it was focused a little bit differently than where we ended up with it. There was some initial thought that you would attend certain national level courses at the IDEA meetings and after you attended so many courses, you would receive a micro-credential. Um, but we really wanted it to be more than that. We wanted people to be able to take the things that they were learning, put it into action in their daily teaching and interactions with the students, and then be able to show how they've done that. And so it really kind of morphed. And I was a part of that process there of morphing that into something that was more of a peer-reviewed, portfolio-based uh, micro-credentialing program. And so when that uh, when I became a part of the administrative board, we were just at that point of developing a committee to start that process of what micro-credentialing would look like, how somebody would be evaluated, and uh, what the process would be. That's great. So it's a much deeper level of commitment than just, I took the course, I watched the module, I took a little assessment. You actually have to develop something and put it into practice and have somebody review it that knows whether or not that was a valid way to use that information. So, so congratulations on first helping to be part of spearheading that kind of thing. Um, tell us a bit about the specifics. What are the areas you can get a micro-credential in? Yeah, so currently we have five micro-credentials, and so we wanted to start off with some micro-credentials that we thought would apply to a large audience. And so we came up with uh, developing a teaching philosophy, promoting critical thinking, uh, technology integration in didactic teaching, facilitating small group learning, and promoting inclusive and humanistic learning environment. And so those were the five that we started with, with the idea that this would continue to grow as interest uh, grew as well. So it strikes me these topics are topics that are broadly generalizable, mm -hmm. Stacy, to everybody, all yep. faculty in the HSC uh, campus. They're not uniquely dental topics, but I understand you would have a dental application for these particular areas. So, so that's great. What might an artifact look like for oh, each okay. of those Oh, okay, good topics? question, yeah. Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, the artifact uh, would be something that would show how you've put the work into practice. And so an example of that might be something like um, 
maybe a peer-reviewed journal article that you've written on some type of research associated with critical thinking. So obviously something big like that's been in a, a, a journal would be obvious uh, as something that you could submit. But there could be other things that you could submit as well that would be just as important in showing that you've been able to put it into place. And so it could be lesson plans. It could be learning activities. Uh, it could be some type of learning assessment materials, videos, uh, presentations or recordings, case studies, case materials that you've, you've put together for your course. So there's a, a wide variety of things that you could submit uh, as part of your portfolio. Sounds like a relatively comprehensive list. That's, that's absolutely wonderful to be able to provide that type of uh, opportunity for any faculty. Yeah, I think we wanted to make sure that it wasn't just one thing that we were looking for, because that really kind of puts people in a box. We wanted to give people to use their creativity, the things that they're doing in their courses to be able to take the knowledge that they've learned in a specific micro-credential and, and put it into work and show how it's being successful in, in teaching the students. If you're a faculty using this micro-credentialing system, you submit an artifact, does someone actually review it? Like there's a person on the, the end that's actually looking at this artifact? Yeah, so this is how the process goes. Um, and so I'm gonna take you kind of from beginning to end. The first part is obviously professional development. And so say I'm a new faculty member and I'm wanting to learn more about developing a teaching philosophy. Well, the first thing I do is I've got to learn more about that, right? And so that could be courses that I take, um, you know, courses like our certificate program that we have here at the University of Louisville. Uh, it could also be uh, articles that I've read, maybe continuing education courses that I've taken as well. So professional development has to occur. For our faculty that have been doing this for many years, that has already occurred. And so, you know, you could be ready to submit for a micro-credential or you could be maybe a year or so away, you know, to, to gain that professional development. Once you are ready to do that, um, you would submit a portfolio. And the portfolio is going to have a couple different aspects to it. So we have um, a set of overview questions that you have to answer. These overview questions uh, focus on uh, assessing your knowledge and understanding of the concepts and skills in those areas. So that's the first thing. Some examples of those questions could be like, from your research and our training, what would you describe as the common components and characteristics of a teaching philosophy document? So that would be an example. So there's a series of questions that you have to answer associated with these overview questions. The next component of it is the reflection questions. So this gives the applicant the opportunity to critically self-assess their portfolio artifact and to and, and their learning, and maybe even identify areas that they still need to, to develop in, in that specific areas. So again, it's an opportunity for them to reflect. You know, it could be as an example, one question asked in what ways can work in this topic area support diversity, equity and inclusion efforts in dental education. And so it allows you to to take that specific area and then reflect on how it might apply to another area as well. And then again, the final piece of that is then the portfolio order fact that we talked about before. And so you're submitting all of those things as part of your application. And, and Laura, you asked about the review process. So is there a person or a committee that then looks at this? Yes. And so what we have done is we have developed um, 
uh, a group of reviewers um, that are known to be kind of experts in this area already in, in, in the dental education field and have asked them to be reviewers. What we see will happen in the future is as more and more people gain micro-credentials, we'll have a bigger pool to draw from sure. in regards to those peer reviewers. And how long does this process typically take to from beginning to end? So we've opened it up to have um, these applications due twice yearly. So they can submit it in January or July. Those are the two deadlines. And then we're, we're expecting it to take four to six weeks to have the reviewers uh, review um, the material that has been submitted and then get back to the uh, individual to let them know if they've received the micro-credential or if they need to do further work in that area. And we've developed a rubric system um, that they utilize when they're doing that that shows that they're proficient or if they need to develop in certain areas or if we're just requesting resubmission for further review in the future. Wow. So, okay, so I have to ask, being the teacher here, how did you go about developing your rubrics? That's a great question. So um, as I was talking to you a little bit earlier before the podcast began, you know, this is not something that uh, James Harrison developed alone. I'm not smart <laughs> enough to do that, okay? Um, I get to be the mouthpiece many times, but there was a, a group of individuals, very smart individuals, that were involved in the micro-credentialing, what we call MCPOW group, which is Micro-Credentialing Program Oversight Work Group. You can see why we came up with the short yes. acronym <laughs> yeah, of MCPOW. So we were chaired by Allison Doubleday, who is a PhD at the University of Illinois Chicago College of Dentistry. And then we also had Matthew Mara, who's a dentist and also has a master's in education at Boston University, Henry Goldman School of Dentistry. We also had Zinke Sen. She's a PhD at the University of Pacific, uh, Arthur A. Dungey School of Dentistry. And then um, another member of our board, Darini Vanderhoeven, who is also a PhD at the University of Texas School of Dentistry. And then uh, Ben Izagari, who is our IDEA staff liaison and senior director of faculty development in e-learning, was a part of that micro-credentialing group and helped us to develop this rubric system. Well, Stacey, it sounds like there's a powerful team behind this. I love us. this. So how did you start? creating this rubric? So one of the things that we th saw as we were looking at the research on micro-credentialing and specifically looking at some of the um, negative things that were being said about micro-credentialing was the lack of consistency across the board of how micro-credentials are awarded and having um, a a consistent rubric system that you would evaluate these micro-credentials. And so when we set this up, those two things were very important to us to make sure that those things occurred. And so when you look at our rubric system, sometimes it can be confusing because when you look at it, you'll think, well, that's the same rubric oh. as this micro-credential. Right. Well, you're right, be. it is. It's it exactly be. the same, but the content is different. And some of the questions are slightly turned to focus on whatever that content is. But the rubric system is very consistent across the board, and we plan to keep it that way as we add additional micro-credentials in the future. 
Yeah, so when we developed the rubric system, what we wanted to use is we used um, the self-directed learning principles as a guide, and we used the lens of self-determination theory as we went through this process. So if we go back to self-directed learning, self-directed learning is about self-assessment, it's about reflection, and it's about feedback. And um, the self-determination theory looks through the lenses of competency, autonomy, and connection. And so by using both of those things, those helped to guide us as we developed our overview questions, as we looked at our reflection questions that we would ask the applicant to fill out, and also to, to put together our um, portfolio or put together our rubric for our portfolio as well. So it sounds like this is a at the end, when a faculty member comes out with this micro-credential, they've been through a very rigorous maybe a year or two long process for the professional development and then ultimately submission and then review and then finally receiving this badge. So I think IDEA is to be credited with the approach they've taken to take something that we're most familiar probably with um, undergraduate students and getting badges and credentialing and you get a special badge in accounting in your, to add to your degree or something. But we've not talked a lot about badges and faculty or micro-credentials and faculty. So th this is a great process. Is it available to people who are not members of IDEA? Because these are very generalizable topics. Yeah, that's a great question, Jerry. And, and when um, I was invited to do this podcast, that was one of the things I thought about. So I had to reach out to my liaison there, um, Ben Yuzigari, and I asked him, I said, could other people that are not in dentistry apply for those? And he said, definitely, they could. And that's part of these associations like the American Dental Education Association and how it's set up is it allows others to be able to access the information and to be able to apply for this type of so micro-credential. That's great. So for our medical school and nursing and public health faculty who are here locally at UofL or if you're listening from elsewhere, um, sounds like IDEA might be a place you could go to, to grab one of these micro-credentials. So the follow-up question for me then is, why is this important? Why, why is this necessary? What motivation would a faculty member have to, to try and do something like this? Yeah. That's great. I think one of our, we had two goals for this program. One, from an individual perspective, why would a faculty member want to do this? Um, and so one of our goals from an individual standpoint was to help increase learner self-efficacy. We wanted to do that for the individual faculty member. We wanted to increase uh, learners' motivation for ongoing learning. Um, and then to also, and probably most importantly, is really to highlight faculty effort in ways that are, are meaningful to that faculty member uh, through a career advancement uh, or opportunities for career advancement, through uh, institutional and local level recognition through maybe um, using this micro-credential to apply for grants and award applications. And uh, most importantly, to demonstrate readiness to take on certain roles and responsibilities within their institution. Sure. And so our, our main focus and our main goal is on the individual, 
But as part of this, one of the things that we knew that we would do in this process is having a, a larger effect on the overall community of dental education. And so we wanted to uh, generate a broader interest for the community of dental education and, and I guess in thinking about this in the community of education as a whole, whether it be medical, nursing, or, or anyone that is interested in that. We wanted to foster a community of practice around these specific targeted areas. So now we would have a group of individuals that would be micro-credentialed in critical thinking or in developing a teaching philosophy. Um, and then also for that community as a whole to be able to recognize those individuals for the work that they've done and that they are prepared to step into roles and into leadership um, opportunities within those specific areas. It's been, a, it's been a fun journey to be a part of this process and developing this program and uh, to see it grow. And I'm, I'm encouraged by what, I, what we've seen so far. Thank you. Thanks, James. Thank Good you. to have you. Appreciate it. If you want to up your game or enhance your skills in the academic setting, this is the place to be. As together, we strive to make the University of Louisville a great place to learn, a great place to work, and a great place to discover and connect. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links and additional resources about today's episode. And feel free to contact us at factfeed at louisville.edu. That's F-A-C-F-E-E-D at louisville.edu. Join us next time for more and Come Hungry.